0: Hey everybody, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, the Rajon Rondo deal is finalized. He's on his way to Cleveland and the Lakers figured out a way to save themselves about four million bucks in the process, but they have other housekeeping issues to figure out, including whether to extend Avery Bradley's contract through the end of the season and whether to bring Stanley Johnson back and when we'll talk about all that. Plus good news around Malik Monk coming up on today's episode of Locked on Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. Wherever you get your podcast, Sandy and I have this thing up for you uh, early. Um, you know, the dead hours of the night. So it's always available for you whenever you need it. Um, Make another Locked On podcast your second listen of every day after making us your first. So we'll get to Malik Monk, Andy, who was the topic of conversation really uh, at Lakers practice on Monday. Um, Really openly kind of talked about, you know, this process and, and what he's been going through this year in ways that I thought were pretty interesting. Also, the ways he was influenced by none other than Nick Young, Yes, of today's children, Nick Young. Um, that was pretty just, cool. just like uh, the Wu-Tang Clan. Nick Young is for the children. Exactly. Um, and uh, we'll also try to get to some stuff Frank Vogel said about um, continuity and the rotation and some of the challenges around that that the Lakers are facing. Uh, but first, Andy, let's talk about some housekeeping because the Lakers are, are doing a lot of stuff right now. Um, we're not even at the trade deadline. The Rajon Rondo deal was finalized. On Monday, made official, he is sent to Cleveland. Uh, Denzel Valentine, as expected, was part of that trade. But, as it turns out, they routed Valentine to New York. And the Lakers received the draft rights to someone named Louis something or other. It doesn't matter. (laughs)
1: No, it really does not matter. It's... Better to just not butcher his last name when ultimately he is not going to play any role with the Lakers whatsoever. With the
0: Lakers or anyone other than perhaps one day being traded again right. <laughs> in he a rights deal like this. He is an accounting footnote at this point. Yes, he was a, a, you know, the, a 2014 second-round pick of the Pacers who's been traded twice for reasons like this. Um, what I always think is fascinating about stuff like this is not the name of the player who is never going to play in the NBA, but that this is an example of GMs kind of all scratching each other's backs to save the Lakers a little bit of money. Um, And if Valentine had come to L.A. and then been waived, um, the Lakers would have had to pay a certain amount of money of, of of his salary, and that would apply to their luxury tax and all that stuff. If they've saved $4 million by doing this, there's always the possibility to me, Andy, that this could give them at least a little bit of wiggle room down the road if they need to bring in a little bit more money or do something that could cost them a little bit extra. And so while it doesn't sound like a big deal, it is kind of a, a good bit of management to be able to do this in a way that doesn't cost them any money. Yeah, they gave them money, really. They could have figured out how to uh, trade Denzel Valentine
1: before the season and move this Louis character around. Maybe they could have <laughs> re-signed uh, Alex Caruso. It's possible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like that's all that just, was- <laughs> They had just figured out a way to do this in the summer. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the one thing that they just couldn't accomplish? Like, well, all I, of the dominoes depended on that.
1: I mean, really, the best way to have just avoided it is don't sign Rajon Rondo to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> like, if that was really the biggest issue. But right. I digress.
0: Ultimately, I would these love things to see are them more... Re- I would love to see them red paperclip this Louis fellow <laughs> into, like, some sort of really impactful... But play. I mean, all, look, he, every...
1: I every single dollar ultimately counts for every organization some more so than the others and as much as i think laker fans have this perception that everything is getting nickel and dimed because the bus family is relative to other owners uh not all that rich i mean they are exceptionally rich compared to normal people and even compared to rich people but compared to nba rich owners they are on the much lower end of that totem pole but at the same you know at the same time, though, all these organizations care about the bottom line. I say all the time, show me the owner that truly does not care about his bottom line over time, and that will be the first ever. I firmly believe there is no such thing as that owner. Period. Yeah. But you know, I, at the same time, I do believe that that Genie Bus and the Bus family does want. They do want to be competitive, even mm-hmm. with keeping you know in mind these financial considerations that have obviously. Dictated decisions, so you save a few million bucks here or there.
0: Maybe it feels a little less painful to spend into that down the road. I think, yeah, if you don't have to spend four million bucks to waive Denzel Valentine. It makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, when you start to, you know, that's that's one thing. And I, I do think it was interesting. Frank Vogel talked about how uh, it was a conscious thing that for the Lakers to be able to move Ronda. We mentioned this on Monday's show, but it was certainly confirmed today. Um, little stuff like that, where you can take a guy who you would otherwise perhaps release, and instead instead send him somewhere where he can play a valuable role, where you're not sending him, you know, into the wilderness to a team that's just going to release him or whatever it might be. Rondo goes somewhere where he has a home, he can finish out the season um, and make whatever free agent and career des- decisions he wants, playing meaningful basketball and contributing. In a very similar way, um, as he has on other teams as a veteran mentor, as a guy who plays, you know, when needed and stuff, and little things like that are important for organizations to do to show that they take care of players. The Lakers aren't always great at that, um, but did it in this particular case, and it's important to do it as much as you possibly can. Yeah, Frank um, Vogel said during uh Monday's
1: practice that. Rajon Rondo and I thought this was interesting just because Rondo has had a very interesting career when it comes to relationships with coaches and relationships with organizations, let's just say uh they've been on uh both sides of the spectrum uh, mm-hmm. depending on where you are talking about and and Rondo has had some pretty messy exits from teams. He said that Rondo is you know, one of his favorite players he's ever coached and that he plans on staying in touch with him and that he described him as somebody that will always be not just a special player to him, but a special friend. Like he he was genuinely, I, I, I don't emotional might be too strong of a way of putting it. Like he wasn't openly weeping or anything like that, but, <laughs> but he, he had sounded like, you know, this was a coach who is genuinely going to miss his player.
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, it does make him also eligible for Grandparents and Special Friends Day at school, which I always thought, you know, if you don't have any grandparents, he could bring Rajan Rondo with him. Um, so, a, a couple other things that are going on. Stanley Johnson, it's that was, you never really, the name of the holiday when you bring your grandparents to school is Grandparents and Special Friends Day, in case you don't have any grandparents. It's like, you know, they're, <laughs> yeah, what is the line from, from uh, The Simpsons? You're old and old people die. <laughs> I mean, it happens. So, um, Stanley Johnson just nodding, and, yeah, that's fine. Stanley, yeah. Stanley, we can fix it in post. I'm, I'm just letting you babble, <laughs> Stanley Johnson, like an old person who perhaps well, has well here's special I'm caught here because it's like, do I explain myself or do I just keep going? Sometimes and sometimes the better course of
1: action is just not say it,
0: but no, it's out there already, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you're you know, like, I can't undo it. Can't unring the bell. It's the, it's the Lloyd Dobler nervous talking thing. <laughs> you figure I'd be past it by now. Um, mm-hmm. So Stanley Johnson and Nick Collison, before we get to Avery Bradley, who's the bigger piece of, of decision-making that the Lakers have to do, Stanley Johnson and Nick Collison were both not at practice on Monday. Both of their 10 day hardship contracts have expired. Um, The expectation is still that the, Uh, roster spot that the Lakers opened up by trading Rondo is going to go to Stanley Johnson. They can sign him at any time to a deal through the rest of the year. If the Lakers wanted to give him a second 10-day, they couldn't do that until the 5th um, because that's when you can start giving out 10-day contracts, like real ones, not hardship ones, and the Lakers don't have any hardship slots. Are you at all concerned that the Lakers are somehow not going to bring back Stanley Johnson, who is Uh, quickly become a a valuable member of the roster? I would be pretty shocked.
1: I mean, never say never, and you never know if Stanley Johnson could get offered the exact same contract from another team with the idea of having a bigger role than he has on the Lakers, although that in and of itself would be pretty surprising to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it is hard to imagine. He's played well on this 10-day deal. It would be hard for me to imagine that Stanley Johnson, who is – at least a known commodity in this league would have somehow impressed a team into a larger role than the one I anticipate he has for the Lakers. So again, never say never, but I would find it very surprising, A, if Stanley Johnson is not on the team for the rest of the season, or B, if the Lakers somehow try to get too cute by half with this thing, I don't know, by like offering him, say, a second 10-day deal, then the big boy deal, because they're trying to save a little, you know, a few bucks. I, again, never say never. I would find that very
0: surprising and
1: frankly like borderline malpractice given,
0: yeah, given I, that I, they I, need Stanley Johnson. Right. I, I think it's, I think this is pretty obviously, you know, when you, when you think of the, the way this is playing out and then the, uh, sort of the way that Frank Vogel talked about him. Um, and you know, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I feel like this is one of those deals that they've worked this out with Stanley Johnson's agent. Um, Collison, on the other hand, I do not think we'll be back.
1: No, I don't, to be perfectly honest. I mean, mechanics of whether or not you, you could open up the spot, whether you'd be willing to eat, say DeAndre Jordan's money, you know, for, to do something like that. I don't think he's played well. Sounds enough. sounds like
0: a game show. Eat DeAndre Jordan's money. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of money. You are (laughs) next on Eat DeAndre Jordan's money. (laughs) What is that? What is I don't know, but it's a great game show title. Okay, this is what it is.
1: You get to keep the equivalent amount of money that you eat, but the denominations of money become more difficult to eat the higher the denomination is. Like, you know, like a (laughs) hundred dollar bill. I don't know, there's like shards of glass on it or something like that.
0: I made you spit take. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very happy with that, Brian. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, I legit made you spit take. That was really good. I, that. Uh, I know, like that. You know, like a one show.
1: one dollar bill. You know, it's maybe scented in something that
0: tastes nice. You know, but you know, you get to one hundred or like one dollar bills are made out of Cadbury bars. <laughs> or yeah,
1: like, yeah, like a thousand dollar bill. <laughs> it's rocks and glass, like something really unpleasant. But that's eat DeAndre Jordan's money.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, that is a gig that I I think we're both aiming for now that we've invented it. And that's actually um, he's got a plenty fascinating of game show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to eat money <laughs> to just eat money and you get to keep how much money you eat. That that, that
1: feels. Like sort of an a uh, like an offshoot of Squid Game. I was I was thinking exactly the same <laughs> yes. thing. Like this
0: is something they do on Squid Game. Like you mm-hmm. eat the money and you get to keep mm-hmm. it, and it's deeply humiliating. Yeah. the The um, only reason it's not on Squid Game is
1: thankfully that was never a children's game. Like
0: do you know do you know um you know you know, how how you how how you eat an elephant, Andy? One bite at a time. <laughs> it's the same thing with with you know, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. How do you eat yeah. one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of DeAndre Jordan's money? one bite at a time anyway uh we should move on or or at the very least break and come right back to
1: this
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is possible so uh let's we we do the 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 most important bit of housekeeping though really is about avery bradley um so we want to talk about that we'll get to malik monk as well next Locked on Lakers brought to you by Truebill. Do
1: you know why free trials were new without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or just forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Companies Intentionally make subscriptions hard to cancel, but Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save collectively over a $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA.
0: The Lakers, um, have to decide by Friday, Andy, whether or not they're going to guarantee Avery Bradley's contract through the end of the season. Um, there was a, a period earlier in the year where I think the answer wasn't so clear despite Frank Vogel's, um, devotion to Avery. Um, and, and that, but I think at this point, I, for one would be very surprised if he is not here the entire season. Yeah. Um, he has played legitimately well
1: and better the more the season has gone along in December and, you know, as far into January as we are. He has shot the three extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, and he is somebody, we've talked about this a lot, who absolutely embodies what Frank Vogel wants in terms of a defensive mindset. But I think also as just a team chemistry and sort of team ethos. He is very much um, a Frank Vogel kind of guy, and that's been evident since the first season that Frank Vogel coached this team. And Avery Bradley went from a guy that was being discussed as part of an open competition for starting point guard to, oh yeah, five minutes into training camp, he's the starter. You can just tell by the way Vogel talked about him. Um, And look, you and I had been critical earlier in the year of the way Frank Vogel was using bradley as much as we did we didn't even think frankly he should have been in rotation i was going to say
0: in the sense that he was using him
1: <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean kudos to frank vogel or uh you know mia culpa however you want to put it but he has thus far been proven correct about this one and, and yeah, bradley and- deserves the spot
0: you know if you if you want to break it down over the last 15 games um you know laker games of which bradley has not played in all of them but you get the point he has the highest net rating of any any player on the team um playing real minutes it's not like you know it's one of those you know his net rating is 133 but he's only played four minutes um and so he has earned his i don't know who they're gonna get that's better and i think that's that's an important thing to remember like they have decisions to make about the rotation and when kendrick Nunn comes back it's going to squeeze guys um it could squeeze Nunn. it could squeeze bradley it's going to squeeze tht when when anthony davis comes back it's going to you know bump everyone um kind of up a slot uh in terms of where they're playing even with these small lineups and that's going to squeeze people but it's hard to 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 dis- determine where they would find somebody if, if bradley c- continues to play Somewhere close to what he's been doing, replacing a coach or replacing a player, um, even if they're a guy that's underperforming, you still have to say, who's out there that's better? Who's going to help us more? That doesn't mean that by the end of the season, Bradley has to play 28 minutes a game, but it means that you might want to have him on your roster. Um, And I don't have a problem. He's, He's earned that spot. Yeah, and
1: and look, it's a great story. He's somebody that was cut by the Warriors in training camp. He's somebody that over the latter part of his career has bounced around a lot, mm-hmm. um, including you know his first stint with the Lakers. And it's interesting. Avery Bradley is somebody that, you know, basketball media, basketball Twitter, and I would say basketball wonks in general. He is a very polarizing player. He's somebody with a reputation as a, if not a defensive specialist, you know, an above-average defender that a lot of people cite numbers as saying it's misleading. If you hear players talk about Avery Bradley, like, reportedly, uh, Draymond Green and Steph Curry really wanted the Warriors to keep uh, Bradley. I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly, and I I apologize if I'm not, but it was kind of a decision between Avery Bradley and Gary Payton II, and obviously Gary Payton II has been phenomenal – for the Warriors, mm-hmm. so I, it would be hard to say that the that Golden State's brass messed that one up. But my point in bringing this up is just players around the league, I think, really respect the way Avery Bradley plays. They consider him, if nothing else, a pain in the ass to go up against. If he's defending you, like it, he will make it unpleasant. Like I, and I think that's some of it, and something that players and his peers respect is just they see the hustle that he puts into it, and they don't consider it particularly easy to go up against him they consider it a chore whatever it the is number right even if the numbers don't back it these are the guys out on the court they know what's going on
0: it's I, I think there's there's a level of professionalism that they respect i think they respect the effort i think they respect the idea of a guy who is is trying to to squeeze out every ounce of talent that he has um but i also think too it's like the, the you know some of the advanced numbers aside and i don't think they're meaningless um Bradley though you know one of the things we were going to talk about I don't know if we'll have a lot of time to dive into it today was I you know I asked Vogel about continuity and how much time they have to experiment and you know lineup combinations and all this stuff like ideally these are things that you want to be done with 50 or 60 games into the season so you go into the playoffs with some real you know really drilling into the finer points of the lineup combinations that you've come down on Bradley they're not gonna be able to do that Vogel said they're gonna be working this stuff all the way up to the end of the season. Bradley is a guy who makes Vogel's job easier because he knows exactly what he's going to do, good and bad. He knows exactly what he's going to do, and his skill set... Vogel knows what Bradley's going to do. Correct. His skill set fits well when he's shooting well. Bradley's skill set fits with what the Lakers need a guy who can be a credible outside shooter but also moves extremely well without the ball who is a smart cutter he's a very low usage player all that kind of stuff around LeBron and all that intelligent done it. predictability is even more important for the Lakers right now which is actually one of the reasons when we get to, to THT at some point over the course of the week I actually think he's in a little bit of trouble when the rotation comes because I actually think he's one of the least predictable players that they have in terms of like, you know, compare him to Austin Reeves, for example, uh, who I think the coaches know exactly what you're going to get from him and it's very good. Um, it's just, it's an inter- it's it's an interesting spot that the Lakers are in that, and I think, you know, David McManaman of ESPN asked some questions about this following uh, Monday's game. Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves, Avery Bradley three guys that you know you certainly wouldn't expect or necessarily want to be important players on this team have become very important players on this team. Yeah,
1: at this point if Avery Bradley isn't kept for the rest of the season, we we've talked a lot about how Frank Vogel's future with the team feels uncertain. He only got the one-year extension, but despite being just a couple seasons removed from a championship, Frank Vogel loves Avery Bradley, like, absolutely loves the guy. Yep. If they're not bringing back Avery Bradley, it feels like them saying to Frank Vogel, "Yeah, you ain't al- you ain't around long for this ride." Yeah, that, like, that we, one we won't year even thing. we
0: we won't even do the little things to make you happy. <laughs> like, the only reason we gave, gave you a, a one year like. deal, yeah, the only reason we gave you a one year extension is because we couldn't give you a six month extension.
1: <laughs> right. I hope you've enjoyed your
0: time with Avery
1: Bradley, because we're taking him away from you. Oh, God, that would
0: be mean. Um, All right, let's let's talk about one of the the happier stories for the Lakers this season. Malik Monk, um, who was the topic of conversation on uh, Monday after practice and revealed something Andy and I thought was awesome. We'll do that next. So, Andy, you may remember a few years ago when Nick Young set the Internet on fire by revealing that. Uh, his now tatted right arm but at the time was completely blank. And Nick Young is basically covered in ink from, from head mm-hmm. to toe other than his right arm for a long time. And the reason was that right arm was strictly for buckets, strictly for buckets, no ink just for buckets. So mm-hmm. McMenamin, who we just mentioned before is an excellent reporter and should win a Pulitzer for this noticed at Monday's game that Malik bunk has tons of ink on his left arm and virtually none on his right. And so Shot in the dark. You only really get one question at these, uh, you know, press conferences right now. Ask Malik Monk about it before he even finished the question. Andy Monk yelled out, "Strictly buckets." Mm -hmm. Knew exactly where Dave was going and what. And I, I swear to God, I realized like, like I'm not even talking about the best story of 2022. It's been four days, five days, or whatever. Uh, This is one of my favorite moments of the last like year and a half. Hit like the happiness on on Monk's face when he got to talk about this was fantastic. Uh, it reminded me of Nick Young's uh, great influence on today's youth. Um, but it also was a reminder to me of like Malik Monk, regardless of what you think about as a player, just seems like a really genuinely good dude.
1: Yeah, he he does. He's he's always very, very friendly when he uh, deals with us after practices or after games. Um, and it's funny, actually, <laughs> this whole thing with Nick Young and that influence on Malik Monk who Monk said, like, it doesn't sound like, I'm not even sure he's ever met uh, Nick Young. Um, no, they, it's I not, don't he think said it's,
0: it's never anything he's ever talked to him about. Right,
1: uh, the, like Malik Monk was in high school when Nick Young was still in the league. 17. It, it, it is a reminder, by the way, that Nick Young is a much better influence on your young players from a distance than actually <laughs> in the locker room because as we witnessed when Nick Young was a mentor- to Jordan Clarkson and D'Angelo Russell and some of the other young guys that we were in the locker room. We we covered those teams and we were around them. And full disclosure, we love Nick. Nick's we a think, great guy. He really is. And he's we, a genuinely good dude. And he, and he was an absolute pleasure to cover. He made those seasons tolerable because they were so unpleasant. But he was hilarious. He was fun. All of that. Nick Young was not necessarily a great influence on those young guys. No. So again, it's great to see Nick Young influence your young players. You just want it
0: from maybe like seven or nine states removed, <laughs> something like that. So, so um the the more important stuff with with Monk, though, who has, you know, I mentioned Avery Bradley leading the team in um net rating over the last 15 games. Monk is third behind Austin Reeves and you know has really settled into what I think is, is probably going to be a starting spot for the rest of the year. Um, works well, you know, with, with LeBron again, is he was that spot up shooter, his three point shooting has been certainly uh, good enough overall. Um, we're up around over 37%, but you know, a little bit better of late, um, but you know, finishes at the basket very smoothly, uh, an effective passer, as long as he's not sort of overdoing it. And, you know, especially when Davis comes back, they'll be able to protect him a little bit more in, in a lot of their defensive lineups. He has certainly earned that spot over, say, Wayne Ellington, who was another yeah. guy who who could who could fill that role. Um I asked him about this because, you know, we we've mentioned a few times. he made a massive bet on himself that he would come here, a place where his playing time was not guaranteed. Um, and be able to play himself into a position where he would get paid by someone like a real contract. And, you know, it was funny, like he noted that, you know, he there weren't a lot of people necessarily offering him a ton of stuff, but he absolutely could have found a place to do a one-year deal where his role was going to be far more uh, guaranteed than what he had in L.A. And this bet that he's making on himself is absolutely paying off. Yeah, Frank Vogel, all, in talking about Malik, because there were a lot of questions
1: about him during Monday's practice, Said that there was no role guaranteed to Malik, so he was really making this gamble without a net, and it, it speaks to the attitude that he had heading into this situation. Um, as much as he's, you know, he's a green light kind of scorer, and he is somebody that looks a lot for his shot. I don't think he's hoggish with it at all. Oh, no, like he's, all. he's he's not somebody that looks for his shot at the expense of other guys. Clearly more open than him or in a better position. I don't think he forces shots for somebody that is clearly looking for his shots. There it's rare where you watch him out there and you're like, "Dude, like seriously? Come on now." Like that that does not happen a lot with, with Monk, which you know, is is a credit I think also to the maturity that he's trying to show in this situation because it could be very easy for him to start pressing when he, when he feels like, "Dude, I I, I got to have a baseline of production." In order to get my next deal, like you know, and at some point it doesn't even matter how much, as long as the Lakers don't bench him, how happy he makes him, because he knows the likelihood of re-signing them because of cap rules are extremely low. The, right. only the Lakers,
0: he... the Lakers could offer him, I believe, a, a one of their exceptions for next year, but it would hard cap them. And just the mechanics of bringing Malik Monk back right. are are really really right. complicated. So as long as he stays on the floor.
1: And the way he's been playing right now, they need his scoring like he could he could easily play more selfish than he has Mm -hmm. and probably get away with it. Um, And he hasn't. Um, It's interesting, too, when you said about him starting, I think he could stay in the starting lineup. I don't know for sure if he will, just because some combination I expect of Stanley Johnson, assuming he's with the team, Bradley, assuming he's with the team and Monk. Two of those three are going to get those spots, and I think you could make arguments for all three of them. Mm -hmm. I think Stanley Johnson needs to be in there the most just because there's nobody else really like him on the team, and it can really help LeBron specifically with some defensive assignments. From there, between Monk or Bradley, I don't have a strong opinion about which one should get that starting role necessarily, but I think both of them should be playing, and the fact that you can even have this uh, debate at all I, I think speaks very well to two pretty good, you know, Bradley's more of a surprise than monk, but just two very pleasant stories for the year.
0: Yeah. And I, it's for, for a season that has had few of them, I think, mm-hmm. you know, monk, because he really just genuinely seems like, like just a, a very nice, good yeah. guy. Great. Kind of like Avery Bradley. Guys, guys like, but you got, you know, you said guys like being around and brings a positive energy to, to everything he's doing. Yeah. And, you know, But it's also you know you see guys take big bets and big swings on themselves, um, and to see it pay off like he I don't he's we're not I'm not talking about somebody's gonna give Monk thirty five million dollars for two years I'm not talking about that, but I do think Monk has played his way into a seven eight nine million dollars or something like that you know for three years and he's gonna make a much better deal next year if this continues, um, than he than he had going into this year and that was not guaranteed when it started. And knowing now what I know about the guy, it's just, a, it's a cool story. Um, yeah. And it ben- obviously benefits the Lakers, whether he starts or not. Um, agree with you. You could make a, the argument for any of these guys. I do wonder, Andy, if it could become one of those things where as much as Vogel wants a consistent lineup, that maybe one of those spots becomes, becomes a little fungible depending on who they're playing and what they might need could defensively be. as much as anything. Could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so that was cool. Um, he has shown more ability to, I think, be a more well-rounded player than I think a lot of people might have expected. And I think he's a playmaker. Yeah. Benefited. He throws some slick passes, man. He does Um, benefited more than anybody. I think from the, from the opening of roster spots um, and the ability to play kind of unencumbered for a little while, because there's literally nobody there to replace him. Um, So, yeah, so I went to, we'll we'll talk about him. Uh, Would love to talk a little bit more about Austin Reeves, who I tried to get to, brag about himself a little bit on Tuesday or I'm sorry on Monday and he was a little still in awe shucks mode um, yeah. but there's I think a little bit more confidence behind him than he's letting on so we can talk about that um, also revealed something very interesting about his social media that made both of us sad so we'll try to do that over the course <laughs> of the week uh, but an important game coming up Tuesday night right Andy against the Sacramento Kings gotta keep winning gotta, gotta keep, keep winning, winning. so we'll, uh, we'll be with you guys after that one and uh, we'll see everybody on Wednesday